Here's the thought. When God wants to do something great, he starts with nothing. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, I'm Doug McAllister, and this is Stories I Didn't Tell Last Sunday, a production of Journey Fellowship Church. Appreciate all the hard work that Kate and Virtus are doing back there. And we are excited about telling you a story today. Today, I am telling you a story about nothing. Nothing. It goes back to 2003. I was going to speak at an event, and I was writing out the outline for the message. And this thought came to me, which I believe it was inspired by the Holy Spirit. So I jotted it down, and it later became a book, the first book that I wrote. And here's the thought. When God wants to do something great, he starts with nothing. So that thought became the title of the book, which is probably breaking every rule in the book about the title of a book. It's way too long, but here is the cover of that book. When God wants to do something great, he starts with nothing. I believe this book is, out, is sold out and out of print. It was a bestseller for one day on ebooks. Yay. <laughs> well, I think we're totally sold out, though. It was a self-published uh, book, and we we're totally out of them. I only have one or two left in stock in, in, there in my library. But the story in the book is the story of that moment when the Lord spoke that phrase to me, when God wants to do something great, he starts with nothing. Maybe you have nothing in your life right now and you're needing something. Maybe you need God to answer your prayer. And faith is that substance that calls things that are not as though they already are. It claims what you can't see with your eyes, but you can see with your heart. That's what faith does. It believes that something can come out of nothing, which we know goes against all common sense and reason. Can something come out of nothing? Well, in our experience in the earthly world that we live in, the answer is no. You can only build something out of something that already exists. You can reassemble it or even give it a new purpose, but you have to build it out of something that exists which takes us back to Genesis chapter 1. This is Genesis 1, verse 1. The very first 10 words in the Bible lays out the plan of all of creation. Only the God of the universe could reduce this vast creation into a single 10-word sentence, but he did. I know you know this by heart. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Of all the things that God made in the beginning, the one thing that he made the most of is space, nothingness. Now, as Christians, we believe that God made everything out of nothing. But even after he created energy and matter, he also created a whole lot of empty space. 
In fact, the universe is mostly empty space. To take it down to a personal level, level, your body is mostly empty space. At the atomic level of your being, all of your cells are inhabited with more space than anything else. I read this recently in a, in a science journal that if you took all the matter that makes up all the people living on the earth, all 7.3 billion of us, and removed the empty space, the matter left over would fit on a normal-sized kitchen table. In fact, one scientist said his estimate that it would fit in the hands of a single person. Maybe that's where that old song comes from, from Sunday school. He's got the whole world in his hand. Because God literally made us out of nothing so that we can fit into his hands. And God can turn your nothing into something that's really his specialty of turning nothing into something. Have you seen the new James Webb space telescope that was launched recently? It's a project jointly between America, Canada, and the European Union. These three space agencies got together and invested $10 billion in building this massive space station that they launched uh, back in January, or recently, it made its way to uh, its permanent orbit, and it is orbiting a million miles from Earth in, a, in an orbit around the sun. You've heard that old phrase, that's a million miles away. We say that sometimes tongue-in-cheek, mean, meaning it's far away. Well, the James Webb Telescope is a million miles away, and it's orbiting the sun, and it's taking pictures of the universe. We've gotten back some pretty incredible photos already. Uh, if you'd like to see some, there's quite a few available at nasa.gov. You can go and look at some of the photos uh, that are coming back from this space station, this telescope that's a million miles from now, from here, which is kind of mind-boggling that we, we set up a rocket ship uh, with a telescope that's now orbiting the sun facing out into the universe and taking photos and then sending them back to us. That's an incredible feat on its own. But the pictures that it's taking, mind-boggling. Some of the most powerful, uh, detailed photos of the universe that's ever been seen by the eyes of man. Up until now, only the eyes of God have been able to see that beautiful part of creation. There are trillions of galaxies with billions of stars. In fact, we don't even know now how many galaxies there are in the universe. Trillions, probably. More galaxies and planets and stars than there are grains of sand on the earth. And God made all of that out of nothing. Now, if you're an unbeliever, you may believe in the Big Bang Theory, or you may believe that we evolved, but even then, it begs the question, where did the matter come from? Where did the energy originate from? What was the uncaused agent that caused creation? Did we just make ourselves? 
I think that question may defeat the entire argument of evolution. Where did the matter and the energy originate from? Well, there has to be a supernatural explanation. I believe the account in the Bible, I believe that Jesus Christ was the creator, is the creator of the universe, and that the Bible is true from the very first verse. We're easily fooled, fooled as human beings, and you may have read this story recently about nothing. So this French scientist, Etienne Klein, he's 64 years old, and he was tracking the pictures that was coming back from the Webb Space Telescope, and he was awed at it. And then on his social media account, one of them, he posted a picture of what he said was Proxima Centauri, which is the closest star to Earth. It's about 4.2 light years away. So if light travels 186,000 miles a second, how far would that light travel in a year? Well, we know it's the numbers would be too big. So we created a whole new way of describing it's 4.2 light years or how far could light travel in 4.2 years. That's how far the nearest star to our star is, Proxima Centauri. So this scientist, he's a prankster, sliced a piece of Spanish sausage, carrizo, real thin, put it under a light, took a photo of it, posted it on his social media and said, look at the detail of this star from the Webb telescope. He got thousands of likes. He got thousands of shares and retreats, uh, retweets. He got, you know, hundreds and hundreds of people commenting on how amazing that photo was until later on the day. He said, all right, let me tell you the truth. This is a piece of sausage that I took a picture of under a light. I just wanted to warn you that sometimes we are gullible to things that are not true. He took a lot of flack for it, but he made a good point. Whenever somebody tells you the science is settled, question them right away. The science is never settled. In fact, science, by definition, is an open question. God is the creator of the universe. He hung the stars in space. The nearest star to us, other than the sun, is Proxima Centauri, 4.2 light years away. Can you imagine how far the furthest star is today? You could live and die a thousand lifetimes and never be able to measure the distance. But God made it all in a single six-day span. He created everything, and he made it from nothing. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3, by faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. In other words, God made all of this out of nothing. All of earth and all of the heavens. And as far as the James Webb Space Tele Telescope can see today, the billions of light years out into the distance, God made it all. That is a powerful, powerful God. He's the creator of the universe. And even when he was done creating the heavens and the earth, he had made more space than anything else. So space 
is an incredible part of the human experience. Think about your junk drawers in your kitchen or the space in your closet or your garage, how space tends to fill up and how we need space. If you're going to buy a house, you know, you're going to look for how many closets do we have? Is the attic big enough? What kind of storage is out back? We look at space when we're designing the flow of our living room furniture how much space do we need around the sofa or the chairs or the bed you know when uh, amusement parks are, are building rides and concession stands and attractions you know they're they bring in experts who think for months to design the way traffic's going to walk and where people will stand in line and how much space there will be for the people and you know we all like our personal space you know, personal space, by a rule of thumb, is about three feet around you. We all like about an arm's length of people staying away from us, you know, and we only allow people to get inside that bubble that we intimately trust or that we are welcome to get to know better, that we'll touch their hand or put our arm around their shoulder or even hug them because we value our space. It's how God created us. We are people that need space. You need space in your life. You need, you need liminal space, the space in transitions. Going out into the hall from one room, moving to another room, we create liminal space. We call those hallways that we can have separation. Uh, we also need, uh, we need space in our life so that we have a day off to rest, uh, sleep at night, Take a nap in the afternoon, which is my favorite time to sleep. Take a little nap in the afternoon to steal away a little space to myself and just take a nap. We need space. You need, you need space in your finances, in the margins of your life, you know, so that you can, ha you can plan for the future and save for a rainy day and that you can be prepared in case of an emergency. We all need space in our lives. So let me wrap it up today. Journey is presenting a sermon series in September of 2022. If you're watching after September of 2022, well, this series will probably be already posted on the Journey archive. You can go to the Journey app and watch the whole series. If you're watching it in real time and you're looking ahead to September, in September of 22, we're going to do a series called Space, and we're going to talk about all of the important spaces in our life and how God designed those for a reason and how he uses those in our lives. But I think the biggest question is, what do we do with the empty space in our own soul? And that is the biggest question of all. If you have space in your soul today, you're going to try to Find a way to fill it up with something of this world. You're going <clears> to <throat> look to an outer source to fill up the vacuum. You know, they say nature abhors a vacuum. Not the Hoover kind, but the empty space kind. We want to fill it up. You know, every flat surface puts something on it. Every empty closet puts something in it. It's the same about your heart. What are you filling the empty spaces of your heart with? Well, that's the spot that God created for himself. That's where Jesus wants to live with you. 
not beside you, not behind you. He wants to live in you. Let me encourage you today. Invite Jesus to occupy the spaces of your soul. Let him fill you with joy forevermore. And stick around with us in September and enjoy this space series. I'm going to tell some really cool stories about space. We're going to talk about some of the spaces in the Bible, the space on Noah's Ark, the space in David's uh, shepherd's bag, the, the space in Peter's boat. There are some biblical stories where there was some incredible space <clears throat> that was left over in people's lives that had a dramatic effect on their destiny, just like the way you manage the space in your life. Hey, when God wants to do something great, he starts with nothing, and then even then he creates a little extra space. Well, this has been stories I didn't tell last Sunday. I'm Doug McAllister for Journey Fellowship Church. Hope you've enjoyed today's story about nothing. In fact, uh, nothing is my area of expertise. So we'll get into it real deep in September. For Journey Fellowship Church, I'm Doug McAllister. Thanks for watching stories I didn't tell last Sunday.